what are like your best thoughts on reducing churn? Here's here's how we tend to think about it around here. So the the first thing would be is to to really get a good handle on why people cancel. And there's I think there's two sides to that. There's what the reason they tell you they cancel, and then there's what you can kind of see in their usage patterns and the data um, about why they canceled. And so the first thing, what I mean, we had a bad churn problem, like. There were months where had we done that the whole month, we would have churned out all of our customers that year, right? Like, like in the beginning, it was pretty bad when we really started to realize like, crap, we got to get the handle on this. And um, so the first thing we started looking at are what are the, the key things that if like, are there anything that, that we just never really see people like get to us, like get to churn stage because they did these things, right? And so we've identified like five key elements that are a part that we've now made a part of our launch and onboarding process. And we really drill in and focus on those things because we know, and like, this is getting kind of down into the weeds of real estate, right? But like, for example, we know that when somebody comes in, if they don't upload their database into Brivity in the beginning, like there's a good chance they're probably going to churn in the first 30 to 60 days. So we built a team that helps people upload their database. Like we literally have a team of people that like during the launch process, we reach out and go, okay, where does your database live? Give it to us. We'll put it in all the right format. And we've got virtual you know, VAs that will go in and do all the work to get that thing in there. Right. And so then, and there's just a series of steps along the way that was like, oh yeah, this person churned, duh, they churned. They didn't have their database imported. Right. Next step would be, like market reports is a good example in real estate. We've got a tool that allows them to kind of drip on past clients and sphere and different people like that, where they know where that person lives and they can kind of keep them educated about the real estate market right around where they live. That was another tool that if people went in and got those things set up and engaged, then um, they were much less likely to churn. And, you know, when we started like just, this gets down to tactical stuff, right? When we started doing that, the market report tool was a tool where we had to basically like do it one at a time. So if you brought in a database of 2000 people, Joel, and a thousand of them had an address, right? You have to go in there a thousand times. And like, that was a very easy problem to solve with tech, right? We were like, Oh, let's just build it so they can apply a thousand of these things all at once. And it, you know, it does some algorithm to figure out what's the right radius or whatever, based on the, the attributes of the home to, to set that thing up. So they're seeing, properties that make sense. So we just, you know, we, we basically started to kind of look at churn by saying what, what makes people churn and, and can we stop those things? And then some of them, like, you know, we're, there's probably still more work to be done on the database side where we could take a more technical approach to it. So sometimes we throw people at it, obviously not the best solution. Right. Um, and sometimes we go and, and make the tech solution. So we just really looked at those, in our business, there's five massive pillars on the front side of a, of a launch of a, of a customer that if they don't engage one of those or all five of those things, any one of those missing things tends to show up in churn, whether it be 30 days in, 90 days in, or maybe at the most about 180 days in. So that was the first thing that we looked at is just why do they churn? And not just what do they tell us, right? But like, what are the actual practical things that they're maybe not doing? The second thing I would say that's really, I think helped us a lot with churn, but it's hard to measure. Would we spend a, we didn't used to do this. We used to, because we ran a real estate business 
right? We used to kind of make things and think like we knew what was like, oh, real estate is going to use this and, and they're going to use it this way. And so this is how we would do it, right? And, and we would make the thing. Uh, Josiah, who leads kind of our design team. And look, this isn't a time we were bootstrapping, right? We didn't, the design team was two guys, right? And today we've got a little bit more developed, like design team, for example, where we now have, I don't even know what you call these folks, but you know, they go out and sit with our customer and be like, hey, here's a feature we're going to build. You know, like, here's how we built it. Use it now, right? And we'll literally sit there and watch them use it, right? Kind of track it. And then you start to realize, like, we're not actually as smart as we thought we were, right? Joel, like, we, we just, you know, at some point, your ego gets in the way and you're like, we know what we're doing. And you realize, you know, when you're putting this product in front of a 28-year-old millennial and a 70-year-old you know, boomer that, that can barely turn the computer on. And, and then you're like, oh my gosh, we got to simplify this thing, right? And so there was a lot of that that's happened, let's say in the last year and a half. And on almost all of the new stuff that we build, we go through this pretty rigorous process of sitting down with the customer and actually watching them use it, right? Here'd be the third thing I, I think is, it, it seems obvious, but I, I'm convinced, especially in real estate, not a lot of, not a lot of companies do this. Um, we build what our customers want. We, and we used to think we knew so much that we just build what they, right? Like, you know, in, in a past life, we would have said something like, yeah, if Henry Ford wanted to build what his customers wanted, he would have built a faster horse or faster carriage or whatever, right? Like, we used to think that way because we thought, oh, we're... But the reality is, you know, in, in real estate especially, there's a, there's a certain way that, that things are done, and, and you can't necessarily just upend that and be like, hey, do it this way now. And so you do have to kind of work inside of even like the routines of a real estate agent, right? Like in our head, they were all going to sit down for three hours at their computer every day and prospect. And, and that's how our business runs. And so we thought, well, we realized that's total pie in the sky dream. And so we had to build an app so that they could be out on the go, right? And it had to have in the beginning, we thought, well, they only need this much functionality in the app. And we realized they're like, no, I need to do this and this and this. So we, we, we spend, we have, so the way that we kind of break our, our dev, you know, kind of cycles down and, and what we're going to build in any given sprint, we've got about a third of our resources dedicated in, in three different lanes. The a third of the resources are dedicated in, and this isn't, you know, it's not hard and fast a third of the dev time, but about a third of the resources are dedicated to um, technical debt or, or, you know, Twitter keeping up the, the underpinnings and making sure everything's up to date. And, and about a third of the resources are spent on um, enhancements that were asked for by our community of users. So it Ben, if for Ben, it's really important that our, that our users see us introducing features or, or tweaks like every sprint, right? Every couple weeks that are based on something they asked for. And we do a really, like we, we probably beat the drum just as hard on those stupid little things that somebody asked for as we do on like when we release a new feature, because we want our, our clients to know that like their feedback matters and that we actually are listening to it and that we're trying to make improvements based on things that they're saying. And then about a third of it is saved for those ideas where we think, they need a car and not a faster horse, right? Things that, um, you know, ideas that were introduced. Like recently, we introduced a recruiting mechanism into our platform because most of our users are teams. And, 
that wasn't something people were asking for. They weren't asking for us to go out and build a bunch of connections to Indeed and Monster and LinkedIn jobs and, and be able to automatically feed their postings up for new real estate agents or a director of ops or whatever. But we realized that you know, our teams were going to need this. A lot of teams, as we've turned into a real estate, I don't know, recession or whatever this is going to be over the next year, you know, Goldman's telling us that the, the you know, inventory sales numbers are going to be down 20 to 30% in any of these markets. And so a lot of our, we're looking around and going, crap, if we're going to do the same kind of business or we want our businesses to grow, we're probably going to need to find new talent to attract into our world. Um, so we started thinking about about recruiting. Again, wasn't something people were asking for, but now that they have it, they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Um, so about a third of the time on technical debt or just making sure everything, you know, hums along smoothly, about a third of the time on features that that people ask for or tweaks. A lot of times it's tweaks. It's not even features. You know, they're saying, how come when I click this button, it loads a new tab and doesn't just pop a modal up? That'd be way easier, right? Just even like little stuff like that. Ben's idea, and we've really taken this to heart, like if we can save you a second or two or three on some action that you take 50 times a day, Joel, like over a year, all of a sudden we saved you like two two weeks because you didn't have to <laughs> click that little thing, right? Every day, a hundred times. That's how we think about churn. Just two main variables, build better product based on what they want, and then make sure that they're using it in kind of a succinct way to get them to a place where essentially we call it, uh, time to value, right? How much time does it take this this user to find value out of our products so that they're like, I need this. I need to keep this. Henry Ford, right? I don't know. Like, I that's obviously one of the most famous sayings ever. But I was I watched a Henry Ford sure. documentary, and I was thinking, I was like, you know, if he was asking the right questions, he wouldn't have built a faster horse. Because like you would ask what you don't like about her or what's difficult and people would be like, well, you have to feed it and like it poops on the streets and then you have to have deal with that. And so, and then you would think, okay, well, I need to figure out how to get them from A to B without those things. And then, you know, you would come up with motors and cars and things like that. Um, but I just, I, I think we should show uh, Henry Ford a little bit more love that he would ask better questions, but we can't <laughs> control the public. Well, it makes me like... <laughs> It makes me think of the questions Bezos was asking at Amazon. Chris Suarez, one of our co-founders, is obsessive about uh, Bezos's yearly letter, and, and we've read them all, and he's read them back to us, and we've extrapolated the, the the lessons out of those things. But Bezos's original kind of premise was he built a company around things that were not going to change, right? So, like, and so he sat there and said, "What's not going to change? Uh, people are not going to want things slower." rather than faster. Like, I think people are always going to want things faster, right? And, and then he said, uh, people are going to want more selection, not less, right? And people are going to want cheaper prices, not more. And those are the three things that he kind of... So Henry Ford could ask those questions, like, what's not going to change, right? People want to get to A from A to Z reliably. People want to get there faster. People want to get there safer, right? I'm sure that when it was 100 30 years later, people distilled Henry Ford down to that one quote. Like, yeah, let's give him a little bit more credit than that. I bet he was, he was asking some of the right questions probably. <laughs>